Luke 19. Last week we had our revival renewal time. Uh, Brother Jeff Nichols did a great job. He challenged us and really made me think about missions. In his Sunday, Sunday school challenge, he talked about his personal testimony and about how God connects the dots. And God has a plan for our life. And really that all fits into God's mission for what he has for us to do. During the morning service, he talked about the ordinary or extraordinary things God has for us to do for him. Sometimes we have to put some things off, put some things on that we can do these ordinary or extraordinary things that he has planned for us to do. On Monday, uh, on uh, Sunday night, he talked about he's the one. By that, he really reminded us that uh, the Bible says till we take the gospel to everyone, then that's when the end will come. And he said he kind of got caught up many years ago when he was a children's pastor that this child or this young man or this little boy might be the person to take the gospel to the final people, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And then Monday night he talked about being a Christian and what it really is to be a Christian. And uh, the Christians were called, first called Christians in Antioch. And so it got me thinking about missions. And, and I think it's an important thing for us to talk about today. I'm going to read you a familiar story. We'll have prayer and then jump right into this this morning as we think about missions and thinking about missionaries. Missionaries, okay? Anybody ever met a missionary before? I met a missionary. Raise your hand. Have you met a missionary before? Yeah. We're going to talk about missionaries and missions and what it means to us. Luke 19, 10, you know this story, but I'm going to use it because it's very important. Luke 19, 10. And Jesus entered, and it's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not because of the press, for he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste, came down, and received Jesus joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he'd gone to be the guest with a man that was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. If I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. Here's the message today, verse 10. Here's the mission's message. Listen to verse 10. For the Son of Man, Jesus, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Let's pray. Father, bless your word to our hearts. Bless this time of sharing that we all will be motivated, challenged by your spirit to be missionaries in a world that needs your light, your love. Touch our hearts today. 
motivate us. Move us out of our status quo and our complacency. Help us to leave here challenged to live for you and to serve you is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. From my earliest memory, from my very earliest memory of church, I remember missions. As a small child, Fairview Baptist Church, I remember as a little boy at Christmas time hearing about Lottie Moon. That's Lottie Moon. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering was named after Lottie Moon. Lottie Moon went to China. Lottie Moon lived from 1840 to 1912. She spent over 40 years in China, died on her return uh, voyage back from China to the United States. She died of pneumonia at the age of 72. And I can remember as a little boy, at Christmas time, around Christmas, we would have a special offering, and I can remember my dad giving me money, and I would sit back in here somewhere, that where Zach would sit, or, or, or Miss Boyd, I would sit back in there with my parents, they sit in the back like a lot of you, and, and then they would give me the money, and we would come to the front, and we'd come, and there would be something special where we could put our Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and it was for missions. Matter of fact, Southern Baptists, that is their world missions offering. It basically, in the years since they started, they've taken up billions of dollars for missions from Lottie Moon. And I, that was instilled in me as a young child, missions. That's what the church kind of is. As a teenager, when I really got saved as a teenager, I met Dr. Laverne Miley. Dr. Miley uh, went to Ivory Coast, West Africa, this is a book his wife wrote about him. That's his picture on the front. I'm just learning how to do all this stuff. Uh, and, and his wife wrote this book about him. He has passed away now, but Dr. Miley went. He answered the call to go to Africa and be a medical missionary. He was a preacher. He wasn't a doctor, but he said, God, I'll be a doctor. He applied and was accepted into medical school, University of Tennessee Medical School in Memphis, became a doctor, later a surgeon, spent almost 25 years of his life in Ivory Coast, West Africa, in the bush country, out with and building a clinic there and ministering physically and spiritually to those people. Gave his life. Matter of fact, when he came home, it had been easy. And this is not even in my notes. I'm going to throw this in extra. He came home. You know what? Not, would anybody have thought anything when he retired from the mission field if he had opened up a Christian practice, doctor, surgeon? He went to work at the Bible college. And I can tell you, they don't pay a whole lot. See, his life was not about things. His life was about service and mission. Spent 25 years there. And I met him personally. I met also years later... Carlisle Hanna. Carlisle Hanna was commissioned in 1951 to go to India. Free Will Baptist missionary. 1951, he and his wife went to India. They closed the doors by the end of the 50s to new missionaries coming into India. He buried his wife there in 1999 in India. 
He is still in India. He has actually been there now 62 years. Carlisle Hanna is still in India. He's coming home on furlough. I think uh, uh, Edith read that the other night, how he's coming home for a short time. He's been there now 62 years in India. At the National Convention two years ago in Oklahoma City, they honored missionaries. Seven, over 7,000 people in that auditorium in Oklahoma City. When Carlisle Hanna came in, in his 80s, still active as a missionary. When he came in carrying the flag, he's the only active missionary because not new ones can't go in India. He, could, he, he remained, new ones couldn't go in. When he came in, in that auditorium, everybody rose to their feet, standing ovation. He deserved it. Hey, uh, he's not doing it for our ovation by any means. But these are men that I've met. I had him in my church. And what a, what a godly uh, man of missions. And so uh, my heart, and again, when I think of a church, I think of missions. You can't have a church without missions. The, the ministry of the church is not, let's keep everything we've got. Let's stay within these walls. The ministry of the church is to go. Go to give others here locally, throughout our state, throughout our country, and around the world. That is the mission of the church. And a church is not a church unless it's involved in and missions Minded, missionary minded. Back to our text. What a story. Familiar story. We all know it. Jesus and Zacchaeus. They even wrote a little song about it. And I like it too. You know, Zacchaeus uh, is a Jew. He's lost. He's caught up in uh, making money and stealing and taking money. He's a traitor, literally working for the Roman government, but he meets Jesus. Jesus, matter of fact, you, you know the story. He, he can't see Jesus because he's a little guy and there's a huge crowd. So he runs on ahead, climbs up in a tree, waits for Jesus to come by. Jesus says, come on down. And when he comes down, he receives Christ into his life, receives him into his home, and, and his life is changed. I mean, it's changed by evidence that he, he gives half of his stuff to the poor. He, he corrects all of those that he's cheated and his life has changed. But then here is the verse that I think is the key verse for the whole book of Luke. Maybe the key verse for the New Testament. Jesus said, the Son of Man, him, Jesus, is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Other than John 3.16, this is what Christ came for. This is what the church is about. Seeking and saving the lost. 1 Timothy 1.15 says this. This is a faithful saying, Paul says. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So my heart and my mind began to think about missions and missionaries. I've met Dr. Laverne Miley. I've met uh, uh, Carlisle Hanna, 62 years in India, in the bush country, all that he's done. Who is the greatest missionary? 
We're all called, but who is the greatest missionary? You know, we live in a day and time, people want to talk about the greatest. I mean, Muhammad Ali made it famous, Cassius Clay. I am the greatest. You know, remember he would, him and, and he would get into all these conversations, some of you older people remember, with Howard Cole Sam. And they would talk about, he would want to be, he's the greatest. Well, who is? And we put great on a lot of things today that probably don't deserve the, the adjective great. But who is the greatest missionary? I, I've, what, some things that have made a difference in my life is reading about in the lives of other Christians, missionaries, preachers, God's servants. Let me tell you a great thing you can do. Spend, read some, other than the Bible, read, read biographies. Read of the life of, of some people that made a difference for Jesus Christ. Let me give you some today. Who was the greatest missionary? Maybe it was David Brainerd. David Brainerd. David Brainerd lived from 1718 to 1747. On his 23rd birthday as a student at Yale University, in chapel, do you hear that? Yale University in chapel. Yale University, Harvard University were founded to train preachers and teach the Bible. They've come a long way, haven't they? Maybe in the wrong direction. But on his 23rd birthday as a student, he made a decision in chapel that he entered into his journal. Here's what he wrote. He goes, I have decided to be holy the Lord's and to be dedicated to his service. He became a missionary to the American Indians of the Northeast, rode over 15,000 miles on horseback, delivering the message of the gospel to the heathen of the forest in the back country of that land, the, the American Native Indian. He saw many come to saving faith in Christ, continued his ministry unwavering, even in poor health, terrible weather conditions, until he died an early death at the age of 29 because he would not stop going, would not keep pressing on in his ministry. On his tombstone are the words, a faithful missionary to the Stockbridge, Delaware, and Sequatchahena Indians. One of the reasons he is considered among the greatest missionaries is he accomplished so much in such a short time for Christ. And he influenced the lives of so many other people to carry the gospel around the world. John Wesley, the great Methodist preacher, said this, let every preacher, every Christian, read carefully the life of David Brainerd. F.W. Robertson, John Murray McChain, Francis Asbury, William Carey, Jim Elliott, and many others all mentioned they were motivated to service by studying the life of David Brainerd. Let me give you another one. Was it Adoniram Judson? Adoniram Judson lived from 1788 to 1850. Judson buried three wives in Burma. Before I say that, that died there on the field of Burma outside of India. When, when, he re, when Judson arrived in Burma, he was on his way to India. But they weren't able to take him to India because of civil unrest ended up in Rangoon, Burma. And there, because of the many tropical diseases, he buried three wives, four children, 
He was even imprisoned for over 21 months after being mistaken for a British spy. Unbelievable things happened to him while he was in prison. He would not give in. He would not deny his faith. He kept his faith, continued to pray, and labored for six years before he saw the first convert. Six years before he saw the... After two more long years, there were now 18 baptized converts. But on his 18th year in Burma, there were 1,144 baptized converts. After 33 years without a furlough, his motto, devoted for life. 30 years after his death, though, in Burma, over 30,000 converts, 63 churches. And the best we understand, when, when Judson arrived in Burma, there were no converts, there were no churches. A long, hard path. On the 100th anniversary of his death, they had a celebration of his life, Judson's life. They estimated 250,000 Christians in Burma. He translated the whole Bible into Burmese during his lifetime. Was Judson the greatest missionary? Or was it William Carey? William Carey. Carey lived from 1761 to 1834. He faced all kinds... Felt God's call to India. His family opposed him. His church opposed him. Many preachers opposed his call and what he said he was going to do. And the truth is, many of these men I've mentioned and many of these that we've talked about all were opposed by many people when they felt God's call to the mission field. It's a sacrifice. It's tough. But Kerry, true to his call went to the regions beyond. In 1790, he set sail to India. He faced death, disease, loss of family, even a wife. In his, and this is amazing. In his, in his biography and even the story of his life, he had a wife. The last seven years of her life, she had a deranged mind and opposed him in every way a person could be opposed for seven years until her death. He had no converts for seven long years of ministry. But at his death, tens of thousands had been converted. Fourteen different missionary societies had established, had been established in his native England to serve sending forth missionaries to India and China and this missionary movement. For 40 years, he never returned home. Forty years. He translated the Bible into 34 native languages. He founded the Sarampore College to train ministers and to help the growing church and provide education for children and young people regardless of caste or country. William Carey. Or how about Robert Moffat? You ever heard of Robert Moffat? M-O-F-F-A-T-T. Born 1795, died 1883. He is from Scotland and decided that God was calling him to Africa. To Africa. To the interior of Africa where no man had ever taken the gospel. In those days, in the 1800s, travel was very, very difficult in Africa. He went places that no white man had ever been 
in the deepest, darkest Africa, over rocks and rivers and heat and disease, wild animals, lions and tigers, warlike bush natives trying to kill him on many occasions. But he developed skills for God and began to reach the country as one of the greatest missionaries that we've ever known. While there, he decided he was going to reach an African native chief named Afrikaner. People told him, if you, if you go into Afrikaner, he will, he will skin you and take your skin for drums and take your skull for a cup and drink out of it. He was not deterred. He continued pressing on till he went into Afrikaner's tribe until he met with Afrikaner, developed a relationship with him, and after two years, Afrikaner was saved. And he brought him out to Cape Town as a testimony of the grace of God. And later, later, Moffat went back to his native Scotland to preach, and he was preaching there, and he said, he goes, I've been where, let me quote, because I want to, I as he preached, he told them, he said, I have seen the morning sun, the smoke of a thousand villages where no missionary has ever gone. Because he was in the interior of South Africa. Sitting in that congregation was a man by the name of David Livingston. David Livingston said, Lord, I will go. He went to Africa. And while there, he met Livingston's daughter. They were married. And not only was Livingston a missionary, he became one of the greatest explorers history has ever known. Was Moffat or Livingston... Greatest missionary that we've ever known. How about J. Hudson Taylor? J. Hudson Taylor was born 1832, died 1905. Felt God's call to China. He was almost shipwrecked twice on a five and a half month ship voyage to China. Stop and think about it. When, I, when I've traveled abroad, I complain about 11 and a half or a 12 hour flight. Five and a half, six month voyages to leave America, England, Scotland, and to go all the way to China or India. Five and a half, six months. On his voyage, when he finally arrived in Shanghai, he was met with civil war. Decided to go to the interior where no one had ever gone before with a Bible and a map of China. J. Hudson Taylor began to divide China into regions, 24 regions. He began praying and begging God to send more missionaries, praying for God to send missionaries to China. He claimed John 14, 13, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. He claimed it. And God began to answer his prayers, sending more missionaries. They founded the China Inland Mission. Missionaries came, not just 24, but hundreds as they began reaching China for Christ. Later, a man by the name of Dr. Bell came. His daughter, Ruth Bell, married Billy Graham. She spent most of her early life in China as a missionary's child. Bell went because of J. Hudson Taylor and the China Inland Mission is when he went. And the truth is, you say it's communist today. What's going on? The church is still burning. Communism can't stamp out the church. It can't stamp out what God is doing. 
and it's still growing. Or let me give you another more modern one. How about Jim Elliott? Jim Elliott. Elliott was born in 1928, died in 1956. He was one of five missionaries called to go to the Alca Indians of eastern Ecuador. The Alcas were a vicious and brutal tribe of Indians. They had killed all foreigners who had ever tried to make contact with them. Earlier, they had killed a group of shell oil men as they tried uh, to investigate the land. The five missionaries and, and Elliot were not discouraged in the least. Elliot said, our orders are from God and we are to get the gospel to every creature. His wife, after his death, wrote a book, which is famous, you ought to read it, entitled Through Grades of Splendor, telling about his life and death and later how she with others went and won many Alka Indians, some of them even the ones who killed her husband. Uh, Nate Spain one of the men that was in that picture was the pilot. They, they developed this. You say, how did they get killed? They developed this, this uh, thought. They would fly in. They, they studied the Indians and decided what they would like, what they needed. They would drop things for them. And they would, the Indians would see them as they flew low. They would wave at them, smile at them, thought they were making some kind of connection with them. This went on for several months. They would come and make these drops. They would see them. They would receive the gifts and things. They finally decided to land, to go and try to make contact. And when they landed, the Indians ransacked them, speared them. Nate Spain, uh, there was a gospel track at the end of of a spear, which he was ran through and killed. All five men brutally murdered. The, The plane ransacked. You say... What did, what did he accomplish? Days before, days before he made this in his journal, before he made uh, this, he, this flight and made their landing in contact, Jim Elliott wrote this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. As he gave his life in service for Christ. All these great missionaries. Or was it the great Apostle Paul? Three missionary journeys, a trip to Rome, turned the world upside down. Remember the New Testament? They turned the world upside down, taking the gospel to the world. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10 said these words. And and you listen to the heart of a man. Brethren, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Romans 9, 2. Paul says, I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I wish that I myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. What was he saying? I'd wish myself to be lost if you could be saved. Paul was a great missionary, had a great heart for God, wrote half the New Testament. And let me say this. I am humbled and put to shame by all of these that I've mentioned. Every person. Because the truth is, we are all called to be missionaries. We are all called to participate in the Great Commission. 
Oh, we cannot all go to Burma or China or India or Spain or another country, but we can all pray and give and and get out the gospel where God has placed us. God has a plan for your life just like he did Jim Elliott, just like he did Robert Moffat, David Livingston, Carlisle Hanna. The question is, are we doing what God wants us to do? Yes, let me ask you, and I'm almost through. When was the last time you told anyone about Jesus Christ? You say, I'm not a good talker. When was the last time you shared your testimony? When was the last time you invited someone to church to hear the gospel? We are all called to missions. We're all called to make a difference. Let me give you who I think is the greatest missionary. No, I don't think it was all of these men I've mentioned are great. But the greatest missionary, Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Bible says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that was lost. 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world. Why did he come? To save sinners. He came from a far country. He left heaven. All the splendors, all the glory came to be born in a manger, live life among sinners, live a life that we could not live, be brutally beaten, beaten, put on a cross, die there for you and for me and for the world, not for anything he had done. Why? Because he loved us. He came for us. We know, literally, Herod tried to kill him as a baby. The Pharisees tried to silence him. Pilate found no fault in him. On the cross, he cried out, It is finished. The job, the mission he had came to do was accomplished. I like Squire Parsons' song. Squire Parsons wrote Beulah Land, but he also wrote a song that said this, When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. And he did. Christ loved us with a love. And he's the only one that could save us. He came to us. I like what Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Listen to this which is your reasonable service. Are you living your life for him? We are called to be his light, to be his salt, to make a difference in a dark and dying world. The hymn writer said, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. What are you doing today? One day we'll stand before him and our prayer ought to be that it'll be well done thou good and faithful servant. We are all as Christians. If you've received Christ, if you're part of the family of God, we're called to be his missionaries. We're called to make a difference wherever he has placed us in this lost and dying world. Let's stand for prayer.
Father, thank you for a reminder of faithful men, faithful women who live their life for you in service as they serve you and make any difference to reach a lost and dying world. Lord, help us not to take it for granted. Lord, you want to use us. Lord, there's times I'm amazed that you want to use me. But Lord, even these in our congregation, part of your family, the family of God, you want them to say, use me, O God. Use me here in Ashland City. Use me on my job, with my family, in my neighborhood, in this state, and even around the world. God, burden us. Lay on our heart a desire and a dedication to serve and live for you. We give you this invitation. If there are those that need to make decisions, recommit their life, come and be saved, dedicate themselves to you. May the decisions be made today that you would have to be made is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.